Welcome to Upward Dogology, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. This episode is packed with a wide range of unexpected info and thought-provoking topics. I start out talking about the sticky subject of dominance between dogs and between dogs and humans, and how we, as humans, view dominance in our lives. This flows really well into the chat with Sandra Davis, co-owner of the People Smart Academy. What does her business have to do with dogs? A lot. Working with dogs is all about communication, perception, self-awareness, the energy we project, and how we achieve our goal and maintain happiness. To quote Sandra, never let your personality define your behavior. How can we take that over to working with dogs? In this episode, we do a lot of comparing dogs and humans. This can be a fun and effective way to encourage people to change the way they view themselves and their dog's behavior. Hello, I'm Billy Groom, your host and successful dogologist for three decades. The term dominance is a big buzzword in the dog community. It can refer to a style of training, which is not my style, so I'm not going to talk about it. It can refer as well to the hierarchy between dogs, which is often highly miscalculated. For example, it is common to assume the more boisterous, outgoing, pushy dog in a home is dominant over the more laid-back dog. But in fact, often the laid-back dog does not care about the same things the boisterous dog cares about which is commonly pretty much everything. The laid-back dog cares about perhaps one or two things, which are not always food-related. Feeding one dog before the other does not establish dominance. Dogs establish dominance or hierarchy between themselves on their own, and it is commonly age-dependent, meaning the older dog should maintain that dominance. And when that is not respected by the younger dog, that's where you see a change in the dynamics. What is important to the older dog needs to be respected by the younger dog. That could be where they sit in the vehicle, a particular bone in a particular area, or simply wanting the younger dog to obey house rules and listen to the peeps. When the younger dog does not adhere to the older dog's cues, which might be a growl, this can throw the dynamics off and cause the older dog to react, which may be out of character. What the younger dog did may not even be obvious to the human, causing them to correct the older dog, which is not recommended. Often dogs will give leeway to puppies because they understand that they are puppies. But as those younger dogs get over six months, the older dogs expect them to adhere to the hierarchy and the lay of the land. Whether that is in the home or in the yard or in the off-leash park, When it does happen, we need to change perception of the older dog, of our ability to calmly manage the younger dog. If common positive reinforcement training is ineffective, then the older dog will continue to feel the need to manage. This is when cognitive behavioral therapy effectively allows us to work with the younger dog and, if needed, work with the older dog. This is what changes perception and changes behavior. If those personalities are flipped, where the older dog is more forward and the younger one is shy, then we can apply cognitive behavioral therapy to address any anxiety and ensure the younger dog feels comfortable while establishing skills that calmly manage both dogs in all situations. Some dogs are simply the fun police kind of dog, irrelevant of age. You may see this at the off-leash dog park or simply when you hug your partner or play fight or things get a bit rowdy at home. These dogs feel the need to monitor people and dogs to ensure the activities or situations are as they feel it should be. 
This is similar with some adopted dogs who may have fended for themselves on the street and they've never lived in a home. These dogs can be easily integrated into a home. And commonly, positive reinforcement training works really well because in these cases, we're starting with a clean slate. These dogs have no preconceived ideas as to what should happen in a home. They give hierarchy status to the human and if there's a dog that already lives there. So in both these cases, often positive reinforcement training falls short for the fun police kind of dog and with the adopted dog on the situation of on the street because these dogs perceive places as they should have control and they know how to stay alive or they know how to manage other subjects. In both these situations, we establish transferable skills that change the dog's perception of the people's ability to manage those situations and factors in those situations, such as other dogs, and we provide the dogs with options that are preferable. This is what cognitive behavioral therapy does, changes perception and provides options. Dogs dominating their human is highly misunderstood as well. Establishing rules and restrictions can make matters worse if the way in which these are done is confusing to the dog or aversive in nature, and also they can just simply be a bummer. For instance, going through a door first does not establish dominance. Creating a rule of having your dog not be on the couch does not establish dominance, if that is your goal, which it is not mine. If rules are taught in a calm, clear manner, the skills used to teach these could become part of our platform. These need to be taught using opportunity-driven rewards instead of contrived rewards, and they need to hit the cognitive side of the brain. We change the dog's perception of us, and then this changes the dynamics and the position of hierarchy in a positive way. Again, I talk more about this in earlier episodes. So, how does all this relate to our guest? Communication is important. How we communicate and teach is important. How we perceive our surroundings and how we ensure we maintain our place in the hierarchy ladder is important. Just like with dogs, we are different in different areas and situations, and what is important to us is individual. For me, my comfort place is in my business parameters. My clients are always saying how relaxed I am in stressful situations. I never preach to my clients. I advise and provide direction and options, which is also how I work with dogs. I can be relaxed not only because of three decades of experience, but also because I know my business policies and procedures are respected by my clients. This allows for comfort and no need to display what would be perceived as dominant behavior, unless, like the laid-back dog I spoke of earlier, these parameters are violated. For those of you who feel most comfortable in your home, this is because you have that top spot in the hierarchy, and if someone defies your house rules or upsets the home life and dynamics, you will react. Being dominant or expecting others to respect your place in the hierarchy is not necessarily bad. How one achieves and maintains their position in different situations is important. How one reacts when they feel violated or what is important to them to be happy and comfortable is ignored or defied is determined by many factors. This is the same with dogs, and it is our responsibility to make them feel comfortable in all situations and not need to display unwanted behavior because they view us as managing the situation and other factors in those situations. This is what I teach my clients every day how to do with their dog based on their dog's personality and what is important to that dog. This is why upper dogology is different than positive reinforcement training or balance training. We change perception to change behavior. 
This is how Sandra works with people every day. She helps them to view themselves and others in a way that allows for effective communication and resolutions. So let's meet Sandra. Hey, Sandra, how's it going? It's gone well, Billy. It's gone well. Good. Where are you these days? You're... Well, I'm way down yonder in New Zealand. <laughs> I live in Auckland, New Zealand. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I love the accent. And you're coming into your summer. Oh, we are. It's a lovely, I don't know, we call it about 21 degrees here, but I believe it's in the low 80s for you. Oh, my gosh. That is, uh, well, for Americans, yes. For us, we're oh, with you on that. Yep. I mean, yes. I'm up here in Canada where it's... Uh, Right now, very chilly where I am, uh, relatively. Wow. It's going to get chillier, but it's also going wow. to get warmer before it gets chillier. So we all hang on to that thought. But uh, yeah, last week, hanging out on a patio, having a beer. And today, you know, there's snow on the ground and it's chilly. Wow. Wow. What I, would, what, what I love, I've heard about Canada, is you get to see all the four seasons. <laughs> yep. Whether you want to or not, you will. <laughs> and actually, <laughs> actually, this year we actually did have a fall, which is, which is great because sometimes it just skips right from uh, summer to winter. Right. Oh, so, excellent. So, yeah. So, we're also excited to hear about People Smart Academy. Why don't you just start by telling us about it? Well, uh, our mission at People Smart Academy, um, we created it to offer online self-paced courses for improving an individual's self-awareness because that is critical in all relationships, Billy. Yes. And it's also and, and we also created these online courses for developing skills to what we call develop your people literacy. Hmm. And hmm, I know it's like, you know, and it's not reading, it's not reading English, it's reading people's observable behavior. And it's because it's all about communication. You know, we communicate verbally and we communicate with our body language. Okay. And so at the academy, we offer, uh, we offer a disc behavioral model certification, which teaches you all about uh, observable behavior. And we have developed our own People Smart Disc Interpretation Method. And uh, my business, Carol, uh, Carol Dysart, my business partner, uh, we've been hanging together for, oh, gosh, over 20 years. She lives in San Diego. Hmm. And, to, yeah, and together we've got, gosh, about 40 years' experience working with the DISC model. Um, and so Great. we use that to, to create the courses at the academy. We also offer leadership. And we've also got a great one on how to effectively deal with conflict which has yeah. been very popular at the moment, if I must say. Yeah, I bet it has been. Um, yes, it is interesting that you have a, I mean, I, I, we'll talk more about DISC, which is D-I-S-C. And, right. and uh, it, it's interesting because it really does help to have a, a formula or a way of assessing, I guess is mm -hmm. what it is. So and that's the same in the in the dog world with what I do. I mean, it is a formula, but it is adaptable to individual people. But it's it's sort of the baseline of where you start. So people would start by taking this disc test. Is that correct? Do you want to tell us about that that disc that you were talking about? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, people start by taking what we call a disc assessment. Assessment. And by right. the way, 
Yes, by the way, DISC has been around since the 1920s. So it, oh. it's not, it's been around a long time. And it was first created by a guy called William Moulton Marsden, who was also the creator of Superwoman, by the way. Huh. And um, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, he used to hang around with uh, Sigmund Freud and all those other guys that kind of went into the psychology pathway. Oh, but William, William really liked observable behaviour. Mm-hmm. And so over the years, uh, there's many assessments that have been created and we have we use one today that is a most least answer, takes at least than 10 minutes, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe you've taken one of our free assessments, Billy. Um, I have. I did. <laughs> it's funny. I'm sitting here. My brain is ticking as you're talking because it's funny because, you know, people, some people will automatically think it's about ses- assessing the person that you're talking to. So in, in my profession, I'm going to be talking to people and, and trying to figure out the best way to work with them and the best way to, to talk to them and, and teach them. But it's also about assessing yourself and knowing about your own personality so that you can better relate to other people. It's the combination of the two. Oh, absolutely. You've hit the nail on the knocker there. Because if you have no self-awareness about how to approach this client or approach this person that is dealing with a with an unruly dog. How are you going to <laughs> effectively communicate with them and get them to do what you're asking them to do for a start? Right, and so I'll change how I am based on how I might assess. It's far less to do about yeah. assessing the dog. It's <laughs> that's the easy part, right? <laughs> true, true. But I think anybody who works, you know, who who is in an industry dealing one on one or dealing with groups or teams. Um, we might know our people think it's all about exactly what we do, but it's about so much more as well. So yes, I did take your assessment, and uh, yeah, I'm going to let you explain how my results ended up. Well, um, if I remember rightly, you are in the DISC model. By the way, DISC is an acronym, mm. and there's four words that it stands for: dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance. And then you have all of the four styles available in your personality. However, you have a, a primary style, and your primary style is a D, dominance. <laughs> so, so, Billy, we love you, Ds. You get things done. You're a visionary. You're task-focused. You know, you don't mess about. It's like you say, how high do you want me to jump? And I'm going to jump it now, and I don't care if it's 20,000 feet off a cliff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're very, you're very brave and you also, but you also see the environment as a little bit antagonistic. Okay. So mm-hmm. um, you like to be in control of the tasks. I mean, does that sound like what the assessment said about you? I think so. Yeah. There was, there was mm-hmm. one part I thought it really depends on the situation because yes. in my, my work environment, I'm, I'm obviously confident and, and comfortable and I'm I'm expected. People are paying me to complete a task and to to provide mm. confident information. But I can be um, quite, you know, I am not a a really super overly, you know, out there kind of person a lot socially or dominant in a in a situation mm. where I'm I'm new or not comfortable or it's not my, you know, it's not my home base or whatever. But I, I think I answered the questions in regards to my business, not necessarily yes. in regards to my whole entire life. 
Now, that's a good point that you made there, Billy, because it depends on your life focus. So, for example, someone in a personal relationship might be a slightly different style than they are at work mm-hmm. because, it's, because it's situational. Yeah. Risk is situational. So, yes, absolutely. I mean, in a, in a social situation, you might, um, you might lower your D and you might raise your, as, as I said, uh, it's D-I-S-C, you might raise your S or lower your C. You know, it just mm-hmm. depends on the situation and the people you're with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what your course can teach as well is the ability to do that and to be aware of doing that depending on the situation you're in. And sometimes you might need to increase one that you think, you, should I? Or, but it, yeah. it would help you to, to be aware of it. Oh, totally help you be aware of it because it must be difficult for you, especially when you're working with both you know, uh, a fur baby's mother or father, and they're both very different styles. I mean, you probably worked it out over the many years you've been in this profession, but well, know, it must be difficult. <laughs> well, it, it is interesting because uh, I think it'll be the episode just before yours, but I talk about how I work a lot with women and mm. and just how they feel responsible for the dog's behavior and ability to integrate into the family and for the the family to be comfortable with the dog and they they take on that guilt where mm. and sometimes it's the man but a lot of times it's both and a lot of times it's the entire family it really just depends and often I don't even know when we meet it's like who's ever there shows up but yes I'm dealing with different personality types and because I've been doing it a long time I I get a feel for um Who's there because they they're dragged along and they have to participate, <laughs> or who's there because they feel it's you know n- they need to be there to um, you know maybe uh, dispute it or that type of thing, which goes back to what you said a little bit earlier, where I I have this sort of automatic that the world out there is is bad, and um, th- that is true. I am cautious. I would say I'm cautious more than yeah. dominant a lot of times. And I'm just yeah. aware. And yeah. So it really does, you know, when one person might give me one answer and another person gives me another answer, but the bottom line is nobody's wrong. They're, it's just how they view a situation and how they see it. And, and you know, yeah. it's how yeah. they view their dog. And speaking of which, how they view their dog is important. Mm-hmm. And we chatted earlier, you used uh, dog breeds to explain a little bit um, and sometimes I think you do with mm. with children to explain the four different uh, DISC. Mm. Um, and although you know stereotyping dogs isn't great, it is. It happens, and it it's. I thought it was quite interesting the way you did that. If you want to share that with us, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, if I could think of a, a cartoon character dog like Scooby Doo, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been um, given a little character, and you mm-hmm. know, I mean, he's very out there, and I can't remember exactly what he does or do. But um, love you know, him. He's like my fave. Yeah, <laughs> he's my fave. He's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, in our in our disc foundations, we wanted to have a little bit of fun, and and I think, well, what do uh, dogs? Uh, there, there's been a disc assessment dated and report uh, using birds. Uh, people have used cars. So I thought, oh gosh, dogs might. Whoops, we're, we're losing your hair a little bit. Over the DIS. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're losing your hair a little bit. I think 
uh, my internet connection is going a little off. Can you, are you are you there? Yeah. Okay. Try that. Yeah, I'm here. I'm perfect. Here. Okay. So first, what I'll do is I'll give you a quick little overview of the DISC styles, and then I'll jump into our DISCIS pack. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when I said the DISC primary styles, so the Ds are very fast paced, and they like to solve big picture problems, and they also like to be in control, as I said, and they also see their environment as unfavorable. Now, when it comes to the Is. They are also fast-paced and like to focus on people, and they have a fear of being socially disapproved of, and these types see their environment as favourable, and they're very trusting of people. They will believe everything you tell them, Billy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the, <laughs> now oh, yeah. the, S's, the S's have a slower pace. Mm -hmm. If you see them walking in with their animals, they will have a very much slower pace than the Ds and Is. And they like to focus on steadying the pace of their environment. So they're very systematic. And they also see their environment as favorable, like the Is. And they're very patient with their animals. And they're very loyal people. And mm -hmm. last but not least, we have our Cs. They also have a slower pace. And they like to focus on the details and procedures of the task. And they are very analytical, quality-conscious-minded people. And like the Ds, they also see their environment as unfavorable. So that's a little bit of an overview of the DISC. Mm. So what about what about our DISCIS pack then? Okay, how about I introduce them to you? My gosh. So we have a dominant Dan the Doberman. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so dominant Dan is a rather, he's a rather assertive and confident man. And he likes to have authority and he thrives on challenges to solve. When it comes to tasks, he likes to give, likes you to give him just the facts and he doesn't like being taken advantage of. So never promise to take him for a walk and then don't. He never sees, <laughs> he never, he never sees the brighter side of things and he thinks the world is rather unfavorable. If he can't find his bone, he always thinks someone has hidden it and he lets you know it. Okay? <laughs> great. Oh, this is great. Okay. Now we have Indy, the influencing Irish setter. Now, okay. influencing Indy is a rather optimistic and persuasive gal. When it comes to dealing mm. with people, she likes to be the center of attention. She's charming and friendly and always seems to see the glass half full. Mm. Life is definitely favorable to her. If Indy's pack leaves her behind, she's pretty unhappy. So the first thing she'll do is she'll find some more friends to cheer her up. So she'll, ah. go and join a, she'll go and join another pack. Okay? Right. So she's the one at the dog park that's running all over the place being the welcoming committee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've got good old Sam the Steady St. Bernard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So steadiness, Sam is a rather patient and cooperative lad who likes a relaxed and steady pace. So you can always trust Sam has your slippers and the newspaper ready by your side at the end of the day. Okay. Mm. Sam sees life as favorable and likes a slower pace than the rest of his pack. He's very reliable and is always there to provide the muscle when pulling on that tug toy. Okay. Oh, that's great. Okay, so he's uh, like the cool dude dog. Yep, yep. And he's a team okay. player. Okay. Yep, yep. 
and he steadies the pace, especially when he's rescuing in that snow. Okay, great. Now we come to old Kelly the compliant corgi. Okay, <laughs> little our little compli- <laughs> our little compliant Kelly. She's a rather cautious and analytical sort of woman who likes to follow the rules and sees life as unfavorable. She often finds herself thinking to herself, hmm, if that dad of mine doesn't stop telling me to hurry up, I'm going to buck at him. Right. He's always always asking her to speed up and often expects her to follow the rules when they aren't any. Kelly always likes to know what is expected of her. Ah, okay. So not so much the fun police as just everything should be in order police. Correct, correct. Ah, and okay. So th- that's that's our little diskies pack, and um, I'd love your feedback, Billy. Whether um, you know, does it sound we kind of got their observable behaviour correct? <laughs> yeah, it it's a great way. I think it's a great way to because as much as we don't like to stereotype dogs, because you know, the split second that I say. You know, commonly this breed of dog does this guaranteed tomorrow, you know, someone will call me and their dog of that breed won't do it or isn't like that or, you know, but there are common, I mean, commonly speaking, the, you know, the golden retriever is the guy at the party with the lampshade on his head. You know, I I will say things (laughs) like that because when I'm in sessions, you know, you're to say things like that, people get it. It's true and they get it. So, so sometimes it's just nice to, to put it you know, to, to have people be able to in, envision it and then they can, whether they're putting themselves or whether they're putting the person that they're talking to, you're not categorizing them so much that, mm. that it doesn't, uh, you know, it's not favorable or fun, but it, do, it does help people to understand their dog a little bit better for sure. Oh, oh, totally. And also remember though, and also disc is, um, you know, it, it, it's all about temperament. And mm-hmm. I know dog, and I know dogs have temperament too. Oh, they so. do absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and mm. and I will, I will have to explain that a lot to people in the sense that, same with people, what is considered positive parts of a temperament, what goes with that, just like with people, might be ones that perhaps they consider not positive or or they're they're mm. struggling with. But if you if you have a dog that you know, is maybe quiet and laid back, just like with people, then what might happen is, is when you put that dog in a situation where they're not comfortable, it's, be, it's because their natural behavior is to be, or personality is to be quiet and laid back. So just like with people, you get your good and your bad, what some people consider bad. And then I'm thinking to myself, you know, if, if someone else, my client that I had an hour ago had this dog, they'd be like, oh my God, I, I'd love to have that. <laughs> so no behavior or personality yeah. is really good or bad. It's just the ability to work yeah. with that behavior, yeah. to understand it and to work with it. And then as, as, as soon as the light bulb goes on and I can see it in my client's eyes, like, right. So I need to approach working with my dog this way or that way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 is it also situational with, with when you're with yes. a dog as well? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So they could be. That's why I I work with my clients in a lot of different areas because the first place to work with them is where the dog is most comfortable, and that's where you establish your skills, and then you transfer mm-hmm. those. And those are different for for every dog. So mm-hmm. and it's it's funny. It's funny you say that. That reminds me, um, being situational with disc and human beings is that. 
we have an adapted style and a natural style. And this natural style is when we're at home, when we're with people we're comfortable with, and it's our instinctual um, way of being. And and I would think a dog would be the same. And, and, yeah. and then they adapt to when they're out in the world and they're in situations that they're not not familiar with. Right. And and they do change and they adapt. And that's a lot of what I teach my client is, uh, you know, if you, you they, they get a better ability to read their dog and then they can proactively maybe prevent anxiety uh, mm-hmm. or or prevent unwanted behavior because they can read their dog based on the skills that we built. And it's the same with people. It, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure many people out there listening know a person where they're different at home than they are in public. And you're sitting there looking at them in public going, really? Like, this is so not like you. <laughs> but it's because they're different. And, you know, the, the people also have to adapt when their partner or their family or their, their coworker changes. I always exactly. think it's great to see people in different environments. I always figure if, if, I've, if I've met someone only in one environment, I really don't know them. Exactly. Yep. You're right. You're right. Yep. It, it because takes- um, I mean, look at look at me. I mean, I I'm an I operate differently when I'm uh, working, uh, when I'm out shopping with my husband, and you know, it's all situational. Yeah, very very true, very true, Billy. Yes. So, I know in my profession, some people learn more hands on, or they're exercise driven, or some people need to know the reasoning behind cognitive behavioral therapy and why it works with dogs and other people, they just, they don't, they're like, you know, just, just, you know, uh, so, so I, I'm gathering that these, these people, when I'm explaining it to them and I can see in their eyes, what's working and not, not working in the way I'm explaining it. Do these people fall into these different categories of dis? Is that part of what would be part of those categories? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Because let me think. So you have you have a, a slower paced analytical task focused quality conscious minded C person. Okay, mm-hmm. now they they are going to want all the facts. They mm-hmm. are going to ask you many questions, and they are going to want it all written down. Mm-hmm. They might you know they might um, contact you via email. Um, they need mm-hmm. a lot of assurance. Um, in regards to how they're going to work with their dog because they see themselves as um, in, they're, they're perfectionists, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and so they tend to always are striving to get things right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. these, are, these, <laughs> these are the type of clients that might drive um, you a little bit crazy being a D, Okay. So it's you're going to have to <sighs> approach and practice a little bit of patience with them, Billy. Okay. Actually, because- I, I kind of like those clients. Well, I like all of them. I think partly because I've learned in 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 decades of doing this how to change mm. myself to adapt. Oh, great, great, um, great. Excellent. So I actually really like that they process everything and they ask really good questions. And they really take in the information and they process, or am, am I right? Would that be a quality that they, they would do? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, so I, and, qu- I quite like that. They're, they're, I, I do. And they, it might well, take them they, a little, sorry, go ahead. They have, ve- they have very high standards. Okay. 
And so I think when you're working with them, I think that would be beneficial, especially when you're mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, a, a, an aggressive dog or some something's not working, you know. And I was going to say, I think I think it's a little bit for them to understand that that their dog may not is not going to be perfect and their dog isn't going to be exactly how they expect. But once mm-hmm. they get the tools and they understand how to use those and they feel calmer around their dog and have more calm manageability, not not changing the dog or not telling yeah. the dog, you know, changing the dog's personality. But I, I would say with a, a C personality, it would be more um, that I actually like working with that that person because they're they're common, they take in the information, but their expectations of their dog might be a little unrealistic, maybe. Yes, and also too, what they'll do is they will do what you tell them to do because yes. they don't like breaking the rules. Okay? Yes, yeah, I I think they're great. Oddly enough, I do. I, I, yeah, I I think so. For me, that if if you want want to know, I would find that the most challenging type of client for me. And again, I've I've had a lot, so I I do mm. I do work through it, but. Um, is the ones where it's hard to change their mindset because the dog world is very set on what do I do when my dog does X behavior? I mean, people commonly, you know, they scroll through the internet looking up the problem that their dog is having. And then if positive reinforcement training or balance training works to fix that, great. You know, that's based in reactive training. Whereas what I do Mm. is completely different. So it's, it's not about what you do after your dog does X behavior. You know, we need to start over here. And sometimes that's a little bit hard for, I, I don't know which of the disc that would be, but for them to just step aside um, from the problem and just work as a whole. Well, I think if when you, it could be the D, the D mm-hmm. style, because mm-hmm. they like to be in control. So they'll be researching, they will be, you know, mm-hmm. taking taking charge of the problem, which is the dog, not mm. them. Mm. So it's shifting their mindset to go, hey, buddy, how about we start with you? We'll sort the dog out a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> you know and that, I mean? That's funny. Yeah, well, it is funny because once they see it working, they tend to come around really quickly. But they yeah. have to actually take three, four, five days, 10 days to apply it. And then they see it yeah. working. Yeah. And and then yeah. it's everybody does come around, but I think, hmm, yeah, that's interesting whether they would be a D or whether that person um, is just, yeah, and, and yeah, I think it's well, the one the D- that, that overall, you know, it, people that have to have a particular answer, cut in stone, set in stone, like, this is what I do when, and this is what I do. When my dog does this, I do this, like very that type mm-hmm. of it's it's more of an overall and once they learn the overall concept and get the platform then they can mm-hmm. adjust it and adapt it based on the situation based on their dog in that situation as we've been talking about earlier and and based on a whole you know a lot of different factors they have that platform sometimes that sort of overall creativity as opposed to a specific answer bothers mm-hmm. people you know, it takes oh. them a while. And and I don't know, would that be a, a D seems to be more of an overall thinker, a larger thinker, as opposed to a particular specific. Well, a particular p- specific would either be the S or the C, like the mm-hmm. S style. If, 
is very systematic. They're always mm. looking to steady the pace of their environment. So they're process-driven. Um, they're, they're looking for... Um, uh, they're looking for systems to put into place, okay? Yeah, and so they fear, their fear is rapid change. They don't like change in their environment. Okay, mm-hmm. So it takes them a little bit of a while to process the changes you're asking them to make. Mm-hmm. And then once, once they've done that, they're on board with you, okay? Right. And I can, I can probably get my listenership here is probably taking this and putting it into their dog because dogs do that too. There's dogs that, um, that just don't need to assess anything. They're just, Hey, like, you know, uh, barrel in guy at the part of the lampshade on his head, barrel in, they don't need to assess anything. <laughs> and other dogs need time to process and assess. And we need to give them that ability to do that in, in and again, mm. very similar to people, mm. right? Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I have two dogs, I mean, and they're both very different temperaments. And, mm-hmm. you know, I liken, I liken my little Greyhound cross to she's more of an SI in the disc model. And I've got my bull, bull master cross. Well, he's, he's a bull. So he's a D <laughs> and, and, and maybe some I in him, but definitely a D. <laughs> That's classic. That's classic. And it's great that you recognize that. So do you work with them differently? Do you, do you approach? Yes. Yeah, I do. I do. Good. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. And and I and and they both react differently in outside situations. So I I have to take responsibility for, for example, with my bull mastiff, I have to keep him safe in environments that that are going to cause him stress. Yeah. With whereas my other greyhound, she's pretty much okay unless it's a thunderstorm, and mm-hmm. then she's a total mess. <laughs> so. Yeah, and that must be a big part of the People Smart Academy program too. Is just not, not necessarily, and not trying to change people, just trying to understand mm. them, and and not trying to change yourself, just understand yourself. Absolutely, and and it's about adapting. It's about adapting because you're not just your style. Okay, there's always choice in this matter. I say never use your personality as an excuse for behavior. Good for you. Nice. Okay, and and so. It's all about choice, but it has to start with self-awareness. You have to become aware of what the emotions and the needs and the fears that are driving your behavior. Mm, yeah. So I highly recommend everybody to take this assessment. It's just great. Uh, like uh, uh, Sandra said, it's what, 10 minutes, I think you said. I think it took me a yeah. little bit mo- longer because I analyzed the shit out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Now, uh, any, long, any longer than 15 minutes? Um, I would ask someone to retake the assessment because mm. you must go with you must go with your first thought. You know, it's mm. a jerk reaction. Take your first thought. Mm. So, so yeah, that, so I'll have the uh, the the link to that and and to People Smart Academy for anyone out there mm-hmm. wanting to take it. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just before you go, you have a book. Can you tell us about your book? Well, I, I thought that I would send you this little ebook PDF and, and I'd love you to give it away to all your listeners. And it's just a little short booklet that will help people build friendships. Mm. And we, we've created it to give ideas and ways to help people adapt and shift their personality style and behavior so that others like being around them. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just have some fun with it. Yeah. Have some fun with it. Make some friends. 
Yeah, that's the, again, I, I should, I'm going to definitely read that. <laughs> I, I could use that for sure. So yes, so for all the listeners out there, uh, I, I think what we'll do here is if you enjoyed this episode, uh, if you have the ability, depending on what, uh, what site you're listening on, but if you can leave a rating or a review, take a picture of that, DM me at Upward Dogology on Instagram, and then uh, I'll send you out this, this ebook. And if you don't have the ability and you'd like it anyway, just let me know. Yeah, I think that's that's a great idea. How fun is that? Super fun. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing all of this. Is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Well, thank you so much, Billy. I really, really enjoyed talking with you. You know, I just didn't yeah. realize how how um, how similar dogs were to human beings when I started to talk to you and because I mean we're all sentient beings and what I'd like to just leave with your listeners is that have some fun you know and Mm. just just I just wish all relationships are magnificent and but it starts it starts with you you know Mm. and for things to change first I must change so and it's about that self-awareness oh that's so that's so well put and it's so important you know, possibly, especially right now, it's so important for us all to to take a deep breath and to mm-hmm. enjoy the moment and enjoy who we are and understand who we are and and adapt and be adaptable. Mm-hmm. And, and also pa- also pass that enjoyment onto your your beautiful furries, you know, yeah. because they pick up on your distress. They pick yeah. up on you when you're happy, not happy, or whatever. Okay. Absolutely. So- and allow mm-hmm. them to uh, to calm, have that mm-hmm. calming feeling for you because they're in fun or go for a walk with your dog, even if it's snowing outside, <laughs> 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 so which is true. great. Yeah, because there's so many wonderful things that, that we can do with our dogs. And, and thanks again. I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really blown away how, how it is all interconnected. And, and I'm so glad to have met you, Sandra. Thanks so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks to Sandra of the People Smart Academy for sharing her knowledge and info in an enjoyable, relatable, and entertaining way. If you were a little confused on the weather description I gave at the start of the chat, you're not alone. I was too. So yes, there are four seasons where I live, and we did get fall this year. And then we got a shot of summer, and that dipped right into winter, and now we're back to some nicer fall days followed by winter, and so I'm sure that helped clear it all up for you. I hope you enjoy and benefit from the guests on our podcast. Send me a message, let me know, enter our contest by rating and reviewing, then follow us on Instagram, send me a DM of the review and all, and I will enter you into it. A huge thanks goes out to Open Strum for the music and for all Michelle does for the animals. Please share to care and spread awareness by following Upward Dogology, Open Strum, and your favorite guests on all their social media platforms. Enjoy your learning journey.